you know, regardless of whose fault the divorce was, we don't have to live uh, with that shame and with that guilt. Because no matter the sin, no matter the issue, God loves us unconditionally and he doesn't leave our side. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends. We are excited that this week we have a special guest with us. Tracy Miles is an author, speaker, dear friend, and she has walked through some things that we think are going to be really helpful for you to hear too. So Susie, you and Tracy are especially close. So will you tell us more about our lovely guest today? Oh, I would love to. Let me do the official part first. Yes, the official bio. <laughs> Tracy Miles has experienced the devastation and heartbreak of a long-term marriage ending abruptly. She's a speaker. She's an author and the director of Compel Training with Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's written several best-selling books, and she contributes to numerous devotionals that reach millions of women around the world. That's the official stuff. The unofficial is, is that as we talk today, I also worked with Proverbs 31 Ministries for 14 years, and Tracy and I worked both together closely in Compel, and um, I got to walk with her, not walk with her, I got to see her walk through this, and so it's my delight today to welcome this amazing, brave, courageous cheerleader of a woman. And I'm just so glad that you're here, Tracy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to jump right in. First of all, you wrote a book and a workbook called Living Unbroken, Reclaiming Your Life and Your Heart After Divorce. And then you also wrote a workbook and it's a divorce recovery workbook. Can you just tell us the heart behind why you wrote this book? Yeah. Well, it's something I never wanted to write, of course. Right. (laughs) But I had been married for almost 26 years and we'd had a lot of different issues. And then I found out about a lot of things that were happening that were just uh, unable to recover from in our marriage. And so we won't get into all those details. Sure. But it just, you know, even after trying and and being willing and all that, it just wasn't. And I, I felt that God was telling me it was time. It was time to let go and, you know, to move forward with whatever he had, whatever that might be. And as scary as it was. Mm -hmm. And just before I got separated from my ex-husband, I had gotten a book contract with David C. Cook Publishing for two books. So I still had to write those two books. And so of course, my mind, I'm I'm just a, a mess. You know, I'm a puddle of emotions and mess. Nothing in me thinks I can do it. So I wrote an entire book the publisher was like, mm, yeah, this is really not what we're looking for. Oh, no. <laughs> the whole entire book, mind you. And so I got an editor and I worked with her and I wrote Unsinkable Faith, which is all about transforming your thoughts and mm-hmm. how it transforms your lives. And so as I was writing that book, I was walking out that walk of God helping me learn to capture my thoughts because they were just keeping me buried mm-hmm. in emotions and negativity. The next one I wrote was Love Life Again. And then both of those, I tell little bits of my story, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. But after those two, I just felt like 
there are women out there that need to know that they're going to survive this Mm -hmm. terrible tragedy of separation and divorce that's unexpected. And I remember when I first got separated, I searched the internet for so many things. I just, I needed some books. I needed some girlfriends, you know, to tell me how to walk this path. You're going to survive. You're going to be okay. You know, here's, here's what you're going to feel, but you can get over it. And I couldn't find any, you can find books on dating and how to manage your finances and, you know, lots of things about divorce. There's millions of books on divorce, but I just needed that girlfriend book to say, you know, I'm, I'm walking here with you. And so I just felt like God laid it on my heart to just be transparent about everything that happened and write a book that would help women get through this when yeah. they think they can. And I would say if you're listening and you haven't personally been through divorce, then keep listening because you know someone who has or yeah. will. Because this is a part of so many people's stories today. And so we wanted to do this for two reasons. To be those girlfriends, like you're saying, Tracy, who come around the woman who's there right now or healing, but also to better equip all of us to love well when someone we love is on this journey. Yeah, well, I I just had a question. You, I'm just going to dive right in. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know, when someone passes away, We often hear about the stages of grief, but there's also stages of grief that come with divorce. So can you talk about a couple of those stages and why stages are important to healing? Mm -hmm. One thing I mentioned in the book is that when someone does pass away that you love or a friend or whatever, you know, everyone reaches out. You're surrounded by people who care about you. They bring you casseroles. They send you cards and flowers and all the things. But when you get separated or divorced, it's it's that same loss. You're mourning the death of someone who's still living. You're mourning the death of your relationship, the life you knew, the future you had planned on. And you're so you're still mourning in that way. And as I was researching that and going through that myself, I also had my my father pass away three and a half mm-hmm. years ago. And I it was kind of then that I realized the grieving process is so similar. And it really starts out, the five stages that I talk about is the first is denial. Like, oh my gosh, Lord, you did not let this happen to me. Why did you not listen to my prayers? And and I'm going to make this right, even though it may not be right for me. (laughs) It may be detrimental to my life, but I still feel like I need to fix it. And I I can't believe this is happening. And so that whole denial stage can kind of make us go crazy at first. And then anger is the second stage, which is completely natural. And I talk a lot about that because as Christians, we feel like, oh, we shouldn't be angry. We should forgive, you know, all, all, all of those things that we've been taught our whole lives. But you have a right to be angry, especially when you've been when you've been hurt in such a deep way. Then we can get to a bargaining stage where we'll do anything to make things right, even if it's not good for us. And depression is a big part of that. I was I spent a lot of time in, you know, people are usually hesitant to confess that. <laughs> But depression is a big part of that. And I spent many, many months not even wanting to get out of bed. You know, mm-hmm. I had to force myself to just because of my kids. But then there comes that point to where you get to acceptance. And so that's the place where I landed and how God gave me the words to, to write these books to help other women. Because at some point we have one life to live. So we can either stay in denial and anger and depression, or we can accept where God has us right now and do the best that we can and know that he has a good future for us. Mm. That is powerful. Jennifer, what do you think? Yeah, I know that like how hard was it for you to put this in words? Like how long did it take you before you could talk about it? Because I know that there's a lot of 
people that are going through this. I've had friends that have gone through this and it's really hard. Um, So how long did that process take you? And what would you want to say to those who really need to know how to walk alongside someone? Mm -hmm. Well, it certainly didn't happen overnight. Yeah, (laughs) Like I said, I spent many, many months um, just not, just not dealing well. I don't think I spent one single day not crying and my poor children Mm -hmm. just were the so sympathetic. And, you know, they were high school and college age, so they weren't young, but it was still really hard for them. But it really, I'm kind of a private person, believe it or not, even though I tend to spill everything in my books, <laughs> I'm generally a private person and didn't really talk about it a lot, but I journaled. I've never been a journaler. I think Susie, you've always been. I'm a journaler. journaler. Yeah, I am. Always. And I never have. And when this happened, I just felt like I have to get, I have to get this off my chest and out of my head. And I can't, I don't feel like I can go tell everyone because people don't understand. And you also are ashamed of what's happened and, you know, just the whole situation. And so I started journaling for about a year and a half, every single day, every single thing that happened, whether it was one of my kids got an award somewhere or something tragic that happened, you know, as I was going through the divorce process. Um, And that kind of became the basis of living unbroken because I, even though I didn't want to relive those moments when I felt like God was calling me to write that, that journal is what birthed, I think the heart of this book, because I could go back and put myself back in the shoes where I was from the very beginning and talk to the woman who's there right now. Oh, wow. That's really good. (laughs) It's really good. So what do you wish people knew about divorce? Like, what are the things that you've bumped into that you wish people could see differently? I I think divorce has always been just like a a scarlet letter. Like you're, you know, you should be ashamed. You've done something. Everybody thinks the worst of you. And, you know, regardless of whose fault the divorce was, we don't have to live uh, with that shame and with that guilt. Because no matter the sin, no matter the issue, God loves us unconditionally and he doesn't leave our side. And for people that are walking beside people who are going through divorce, they need people. Yeah. And I had a lot of people that I had several friends that just stuck by me like glue, but I also had several who walked away Mm -hmm. and said, my husband won't let me hang out with people that are single. Oh my gosh. You know, I don't agree with you not trying to work this out, even though I've been trying to work it out for many, many years, you know, and giving it my best shot. Um, And those types of things really hurt because you Mm -hmm. already feel like you don't belong. I couldn't go to my my couple Sunday school class anymore and I couldn't go out with my couple's friends anymore. And so you already feel extremely alone. So I think the best thing people can do for friends and loved ones that are walking through divorce is not to judge. Number one, you're never going to know the whole story. But number two, just be there for them. Don't exclude them because you feel uncomfortable or you don't know what to talk about or you think they don't want to be involved because they don't have a spouse now. It's just, you need people then more than any time. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still Tracy. (laughs) I mean, that's the deal. You're still you. You're still you. I remember when I was going through cancer and I remember people starting to treat me very differently. And I remember looking at someone and saying, I'm still Susie. Everything I loved yesterday, I still love today. So let, let's, let's start there. And, and I feel like that, you know, in trauma and, and divorce can certainly be trauma. It is trauma. Mm-hmm. If we could just show up, and this is my friend, who was my friend yesterday. She's just going through some really hard stuff. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to be present. And, and I want to, I love your book, first of all. 
And there's some really practical stuff I want to get into. You said this, you said accepting what was and letting go of what can't be releases our heart to focus on what is. Like that is so powerful. And I know that didn't happen overnight. But when that came, Tracy, when you accepted what was and you let go of what couldn't be to focus on what is, how did that change the trajectory for you? Well, this is a, a little off subject of what you're what you're just asking me, but this is the basis of it. Yeah. <laughs> that I do have a section in the book where I talk about my fears. Yeah. How they were controlling me. I was scared to death of the future. I mean, who's going to make the house payment? What? How am I going to lose my cars? How are my kids getting into college? How am I going to put food on the table? Yeah. All of these concerns and worries. What is what is it going to look like in five years? Am I going to be alone forever? You know, what's happening? And the, I was drowning uh-huh. in those things. And I finally had to have this conversation with God. Like, please tell me what's keeping me please open my eyes really to what's keeping me from being able to just accept that this has happened and pick myself up off the floor and move forward. And it was fear. Yeah. And so I started writing down my fears and within seconds I had written 33 fears wow. on this paper and I just sat and stared. I had numbered them one, two, three, four. Yeah. So I just wrote them all down and I'm like, Oh my goodness. And I, I just prayed right then and there that, you know, I need to accept where you have me now. I don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't think it's fair. I didn't want it. I tried so hard for this not to ever happen because I was also a child of divorce myself. So I didn't want my children to go through that. I said, but just please help me move forward and give me peace that you're in control and that I can, I can do this. And I promise you the next day I woke up feeling completely different mm. with just a, a lightness in my heart. All my problems were still there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing had changed except for my heart and my mind had changed because I came to this place of understanding that this situation is what it is. And I have to make the best of it. And I have to, like you said, I have to still be Tracy yeah. and I have to still be mom and daughter and you know, friend. And I, I have to keep my life going. My life is not ending just because my marriage ended. Mm-hmm. And that's really what God told me. Life is not over just because your marriage is over and mm-hmm. make the best of it. Cause you only get one, like I said earlier. Oh, so good. So are there specific things that people said to you or did for you that you felt like that really mattered and made a difference? And on the flip side, are there things that you'd say, don't ever say this <laughs> or do this? You mentioned a few of those, but I would love to go yeah, just a little bit deeper. Hang out with them. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can't think of really specifics, but I remember, you know, our friend Lynn Cowell, Susie. Yes. Really with her. But years ago, she just called and said, Tracy, I just want to take you to coffee. And we went to coffee. And we talked about a few things that were of serious nature, but for the most part, we just talked about, you know, nothing, the sunshine, the birds, what's going on in our lives, what are our kids yeah. doing? And it was so refreshing just to feel normal, not to feel like I had to talk about all the stuff and or cry and all those things. So it just goes back to having people surround you and love you no matter what. I think yeah. that's the most important thing you can do for someone. Yeah. Well, this is like a soul care series that we're in right now. And one of the most powerful things that I found in these two books is you talked about post-traumatic growth. And as you talked about this, I'm just going to list three or four that you talked about, and I'd love for you to choose one. But you said that 
it's benefit finding. There's a greater appreciation for life in post-traumatic growth. You are able to strengthen positive relationships. You learn to live for the moment and get your priorities straight, and you grow spiritually. What is one of those post-traumatic growths that somebody who right now is in that position and she's like, I don't think I'm ever going to be okay again. Mm -hmm. What would you say to her about post-traumatic growth? Well, one thing I talk about in the book is that I never knew that was a thing. Yeah. When you hear about trauma and stress and, you know, PTSD, and we know all the symptoms for that. We think it applies to maybe certain segments like military or other people, but any situation you go through that's traumatic, you're going to have post-traumatic you know, symptoms yeah. that you don't even recognize. Just triggers can just set you off. And it's something that, that doesn't necessarily go away. But as I was researching PTSD to kind of educate myself, but also you know, write about it, I came across this theory about post-traumatic growth and it just blew me away. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, okay. So there's an upside to to whatever you go through. And it's just, it's a transformation that you can go through um, following trauma where you can really just develop a new understanding of yourself, of the world that you live in, of how you relate to other people and get a different, start forming a different perspective of your future. And you really just get a better understanding of your, your spiritual life as well. And Mm -hmm. back to your original question, when you named those few things, I can think of benefit finding. Mm -hmm. I have always worked, I've always, but I was, and I was a speaker and a writer for about 15 years, but I didn't work full time. I didn't have full time benefits. So when my husband left, and when I say left, I mean left (laughs) with everything. And, you know, I had no income. And I just, I honestly thought this is over. This, I'm going to lose everything. It's life is over. What I discovered is I was a lot stronger than I realized. Mm. I was a lot smarter than I realized. Mm. I figured out I can get a job. I can make money. I can finance. I can figure out the passwords to get into all these accounts. That <laughs> I've never had to pay these bills before. And it was just step by step by step, little bitty steps every single day. And I, it just gave me a whole new confidence and in myself, mm-hmm. just to realize that I don't have to be dependent on anyone, but myself and God and you know, really just kind of who I was as a person, because you, I think I had lost a lot of that yeah. you know, during years of trauma and then the final trauma. So we've, we've said many times it doesn't happen overnight, but the good news is, is that it will come mm-hmm. and it comes for everyone at some point. And that's where we can put our hope and our faith in God that he will get us to that point. Absolutely. Good. Jennifer, I see you nodding a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm thinking about the whole process and So when you lose someone, like a death, there's that grieving period. And then when you start to feel joy, it's almost like you feel guilty because you you feel like you're moving on. Did you experience any of that? I did. And one thing about the five stages of grief is it's not a step one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. (laughs) It's phases and you're in phase one and then you're in phase five and then you think you're doing great and then you're going to fall back to phase two. (laughs) You know, your emotions are your emotions because we're human. So you're going to just keep going, going back and forth with that. I think I will always wish that this wasn't my story. I would much rather it had been the other way, but God has also done a lot of great things. My children are great. I actually have two kids getting married within the next two months. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I got a new house. And so there's lots of 
lots of blessings. But I do remember the day that that after I told you about where God had kind of gave me a piece and I remember Mm -hmm. going outside and I went out to get the mail and it was such a gorgeous day and there was a little dog barking and I saw a bunny in the yard. It sounds, it sounds silly, but all these little things were happening. And it was just, and I remember just feeling this sense of joy Ah. and it caught me off guard because I hadn't felt that in so long, but I can't say that I felt guilty about it. It was just, it was a surprise. Like, wow. Okay. So it's still there. That was kind of a turning point for me. Yeah. I love that. Well, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we covered as we talked with you, Tracy, is uh, you have provided some resources so that women, whether it's alone or with their girlfriend or in church settings, can go through this book together. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, once I wrote Living Unbroken, and I just kept getting so much positive feedback, emails and messages and social media and all of that. I was supposed to be working on a different book after that one. But in my mind, I was having such a hard time shifting to a whole new subject. Mm-hmm. And so I just proposed to my publisher, I said, I would really like to make an accompanying workbook because you can read a book all day long, but until you actually implement what you learn into your life, it's not going to make a difference. So they got on board and I wrote the Living Unbroken workbook. And I also had a leader's guide that goes with that for small group leaders. And it's a six-week series. It has a, a video every week where I share things that are not in the book. So it's fresh material. And it just walks through the process of, you know, starting to learn to li- get your life back together. Yeah. And they can do that through a QR code, right? Yes. It's in the back of the book. I wish it was in the front because I get emails all the time saying, I can't find the video. So I don't know why it's in the back, (laughs) but there is a a website link and a QR code in the back where you can access all the videos. Okay. And they can find everything they need to know about you at tracymiles.com. And they can find this book anywhere where there's books. So what I wanted to say is that, would you end this today, Tracy, praying for a woman who's at like week one or month one where you used to be. Yep. Thank I you. Sure will. Dear Heavenly Father, we just I thank you for this time and this opportunity to speak into the lives of women who are hurting so terribly. And I do remember that week one when you're in total shock and devastation and you can't stop crying and you can't get off the floor and your whole life has just been turned upside down, Lord. And you just don't think you'll ever you'll ever get your head above water. I just ask you to give her peace, mm. to give her hope to give her so many signs that you're present with her, help her feel you walking with her Lord and just help her understand also her own fears. And that no matter what she is afraid of, that it's not too big for you to handle. And that every step of the way you'll be by her side and just help her to keep her eyes on who she wants to be, who she knows she can be, the mom that she is, the friend, the daughter, all the good things. Let's focus on all the good things instead of letting someone else's words or actions cause us to feel any less than. Lord, I just ask you to just to stay with her and to help her find something to smile about today. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tracy. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. 
Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.